Okay, let's start with a prayer first. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity for us to, uh, to worship you here, Father. Father, we pray that only your name will be glorified through this worship. We also pray that uh, you will help us by Holy Spirit to learn the truth and insight behind the scripture we'll be looking at today, Father, so that we can become the people that you want us to become, the holy people, the godly people, the people who will bear the fruit in this life. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Okay, that's a fig tree with the three good-looking fig. Uh, I'm sure some of you love this. I never had this when I was in Korea because it was very rare to see this. But here, there are so many of them. Uh, here's a number, very interesting numbers. Uh, some of you who is really good in numbers might recognize this. I know I see some of you already smiling. I think I know why. Anyway, it's a sixth set of numbers. Uh, nothing ordinary. Uh, something that looks very familiar. So for some of you who are smiling, maybe you're thinking about fortune cookies. Inside the fortune cookie, there is a small piece of paper. Uh, and if you flip it over, there is actually numbers uh, called the lucky numbers. Usually comes in a sixth set because uh, Powerball is six set. Uh, Mega Million Lottery is six set. So if you're thinking about those numbers, as I circled on the bottom, that's not where this number comes from. It does have a more meaning than that. Actually, this is the number of parables Jesus told to us and other people 2,000 years ago. So you might say, why there are so many different numbers? Well, none of them are really wrong, 100%, uh, because uh, depending on the who look at the Bible, some might say, oh, there are 35 of them. And some say, no, I found two more. And some say, as many as 58 of them is in the Bible. They are not wrong because every one of them is referring to the scripture. But depending on how you look at what is parable, you can have 35 or as many as 58. But the most commonly accepted number of parables in the Bible is actually 35. Or you could say 37. Uh, anyway, when you look at the list next time, don't criticize them because they're not really 100% wrong. Parable, by the way, in Korean is called BU. Yesunime BU. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So parables are told by Jesus. Uh, we heard the story of a good Samaritan. A man is robbed and beaten, and he's about to die. And then this good Samaritan comes and helps the guy so he doesn't die. So we heard that story. That's parable. We, heard, we also heard the story of sower, a sower who scatters the seed which falls on four different kinds of ground, soft, good soil, and then rocky soil, and then soil around the thorn bushes, and also dry, soil, dry land. 
So that's parable too. So there are about 35 of them, or depending on the list you find, 58. That's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, so we're going to look at 35 uh, list. Here is 10, uh, maybe too small for you. Uh, because there are always uh, someone who is very suspicious, so I list them in blocks of 10, so you can count them in easily. There's another 30, and then five, so it's all 35. You can count them very easily. So if you look at this, some of the stories, parable, you know already. But maybe there are some that you never saw. Well, it is there in the Bible, just that that's indication you haven't been looking at the Bible that closely. So look at this, and this list will be on the website after I'm done in a few days when Sam put them on the website. It'll be there with the verse, so you, look at, you can look at them ahead of time. So out of the 35, we selected 13. Uh, why do we select the 13? Are they better than other parables? No. We just selected them. We can't be talking about all 35 of them. So this time we selected 35, uh, 13. And next time, maybe next year, we'll talk about the rest. So I put them uh, in order, 13. And uh, yeah, I know some of you are already counting this. So I divide them into blocks of five. So five, five, three, so it's 13. So you don't have to really count. And uh, why are they listed this way? It's just random. Of course, uh, we're going to talk about number 12, uh, barren fig tree. By the way, what does the number mean? 12, 10, 4. This is the order of the story Jesus told in the Bible. So it does have some meaning after that. And also here is date. So we're going to be talking about this for the next three months or so. And so the last one will be on October 1st. I believe Pastor Tim will be teaching that one. So today we'll be talking about barren fig tree. So the parable. Jesus loved to talk in parable. Why did he do that? So those are the, some of the questions we'll be answering. At the same time, look at the parable itself. In Psalm 72, thousand ninety years ago, before Jesus even started his ministry, he started when he was around 30 years old. 1,009 years before he even started speaking. It's already told in the Old Testament. Psalm 72, through the prophet Asap. This is what Jesus said. I will open my mouth in parables. Hmm. Almost 1,000 years before he opened his mouth, he said this. I will utter things kept secret secret from the foundation of the world. So those 35 parables will be, uh, you'll be looking at, or 13 will be looking at this time around, they are secret, kept from group of people, or given to certain group of people. Why did he do that? So parable seems to be very important and we're going to find out in a few minutes why it is so important. Well, it is important because it was spoken by God, Jesus. So it has to be very important. But he waited over a thousand years to speak these secrets. 
Of course, after 1,009 years later, prophecy became true. In Matthew 13:35, what Jesus said, it might be fulfilled with what was spoken by the prophet. He's saying, I'll open my mouth in parables. So when he was, uh, became 30 years old, he started talking this parable that he was waiting to talk for 1,090 years. So his disciples asked, so the rabbi, why do you talk in parables? And he did give an answer. Jesus said, the knowledge about the secret of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, the disciples, but not to them. Who are them? Well, them he was talking to Pharisee. So he gave the secret to his disciples who believes in Jesus, but he did not give to Pharisee or people who doesn't believe in Jesus or God. So it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's something story, but when he talks, it's been given to the people who believes, but somehow it doesn't go through the people who doesn't believe. And we're going to talk about this in one or two minutes in more detail. So Matthew 13, 13 says, the reason I use parable in talking to them, meaning people who doesn't believe in Jesus or God, is that they look, but they do not see. And they listen, but they do not hear or understand. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? How could someone hear but don't understand unless they are sleeping? Or how could they, someone listen but they don't understand? Well, we'll find out today. The parable. So let's look at the parable, the word, which is, consists of two parts, the prefix para and suffix bore. Para means on the side, on the side. And the bore means a throwing, meaning throwing on the side, like you throw a rock. Throwing on the side to the truth. So he's actually talking about the truth, but parable is something he just throws on the side. One thing I can tell you is that if you read the scripture, which we're going to read today, Luke 13, verse 1 through 9, entire nine verse which is called parable of fig tree, there is no truth written. But inside, there is truth. Interesting, isn't it? So if you read every one of the parables that we're going to be looking at, if you read the scripture, actually, truth is not written anywhere. So it's, it's embedded inside the parable for those who believe in Jesus will get it. And those who doesn't believe in Jesus will not get it. That's the way it is set up. So, whenever he talks about this, he was trying to actually tell the truth. He was trying to convey the truth, but he doesn't really say that. He just say, parable. Just throw them on the side. And so those who believe him will get the truth. But those who doesn't, doesn't get it. So, let's look at them in more detail. So, 
whenever Jesus talked, there was two kinds of people. Whenever he talked, even today in this audience, there's two groups of people. Uh, one who has a closed mind and one who has open mind. I hope every one of you is open-minded today or open heart. So even back then, uh, 1984 years ago in Jerusalem, when Jesus was talking, whenever he was talking, there was two groups of people. One, closed-minded people, and two, open-minded people. So what happened to the closed-minded people? When they hear the parable, they understand the parable because it's a simple story, common story, nothing complicated but they don't understand the truth inside the story. So whoever was there listening to Jesus, they had open-minded. They came eagerly waiting for the truth. So when they hear the parable, they understand the parable story, they also understand the truth. Interesting, isn't it? So let me just repeat. So what does the closed and open means? Okay, okay. close means not seeking the truth today. So among you, if you have a closed mind today, that means you, you couldn't care less about the truth. Then you're not going to get the truth, even though it is inside the truth of the story. If you came here seeking the truth, eagerly waiting for the truth, you're going to hear the story, and you're going to get it, the truth that is not written or spoken, but is embedded inside the parable. So another way of describing parable is, the parable is common description of a parable is, it is an earthly story with heavenly meaning. It is also called divine communication. So next time when you look at the parable, it's a divine communication. That's why God waited for not 1,090 years to tell things in parable. Today we're going to have the opportunity to read the parable together, uh, Luke 13, verse 1 through 9, and you can test yourself. Do I get the truth or not? I, I won't be telling anything else, but just read the parable together exactly the way it is said by Jesus 1,984 years ago. So, on your outline, number one, the first purpose of the parable is to reveal the truth to those who have open heart. Number two, the second, the purpose of the parable is to conceal the truth. Yes, he doesn't want to give out to everyone. Conceal the truth from those who have a closed mind or can care less about truth. Why would you give something so valuable that he waited over a thousand years to the people who can care less? So he devised the story in such a way those who doesn't want to hear the story but happen to be there listening to him, they're not going to get it. So, as I said, we're going to have a chance to look at uh, one parable, verse 1 through all day to 9, and see if you could get it. You don't have to tell me, or I won't be asking you, but you know yourself whether you got it or not. Okay, so let's start with the 
the parables of barren fig tree. So the fig is very interesting species. Uh, interestingly, that's the only species that we know that it was in the Garden of Eden. Bible talks about uh, Eden, they had a lot of uh, flowers and trees, but none of them is mentioned with a name except fig tree. Isn't it interesting? So next time when you see the fig tree, you can touch. Wow. One of these cousin was inside the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3, 7 said, when Adam and Eve found, after eating that apple, when they realized that they were naked, they covered them with the fig tree. So that's the only species of plant we know that is around us that also was inside Garden of Eden. I know some of you with a suspicious mind will ask me, so then what happened to the apple? Uh, yes, there was an apple, but it's, I don't think it's the same kind of apple that we have now. It was a very special apple, so we don't know what it is. I, I'm glad it does, it's not around us. Anyway, the fig tree is that special. I'm not trying to make you hungry. It's a fig newton. Inside that cookie is made with fig from fig tree. So, Jesus used the fig tree in his teaching three times. First time he actually talked about fig tree is fig tree withering in Matthew 21. And the second time is a fig tree budding in Matthew 24. And then third time, barren fig tree, which we're studying today is mentioned in Luke 13. So fig tree in the Bible represent Israel. And number two, us. So when Jesus was talking about fig tree, he was referring to nation of Israel. Uh, it also applied to us. Whenever you're reading the Bible and if you say fig tree, it means you. Fig, the fruit, represent belief in Jesus or belief in God. When fig tree was withering in the one of the story, that means Israel did not believe in God or did not accept Jesus, so they are withering. So fig tree represent, fig fruit represent belief in Jesus. And number two is spiritual fruit for us. Spiritual fruit. So whenever it talks about the fruit, us. Okay, now we're going to read the, uh, verse 1 through 9, uh, Luke 13. And this is a test. You don't have to tell me. I'm not going to ask. See if you can get the truth out of this verse. We're going to read very slowly, all together. Uh, before, so this whole thing about the parable of fig tree as a package was presented to us in two parts. Part one and part two. And part two is the actual parable. But part one, he actually talks about two different kinds of stories, small story where people died. So let's read. So, uh, I, I hope I can read this, you're so small. So first one, let's read. At that time, some people were there who told Jesus about the Galilean whom Pilate had killed while they were offering sacrifice to God. Jesus answered them, because those Galileans were killed in their way, do you think it proves that they were 
worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, indeed. And I tell you that if you do not turn from your sins, you will all die as they did. It might help you if you actually make a sound. Uh, let's read the second story. What about those 18 people in Siloam who were killed when the towel fell on them? Do you suppose this proved that they were worse than all the other people living in Jerusalem? No, indeed. And I tell you that if you do not turn from your sins, you will all die as they did. Okay. So this is part of the truth. See if you can get it. Okay, now, let's read the second part, which is actually a parable. Verse 6. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for the fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Okay. Jesus did not tell the truth in this story, but it is inside. So what do you think is truth? As I said, I'm not going to ask. There's no quiz. Okay, this is the painting done by someone in watercolor. And so the guy is looking at the tree. Uh, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. And the gardener is standing next with a shovel. So in this uh, picture, who is the vineyard owner? I'm just giving you a little hint. Who is the vineyard owner? It's uh, God. So who is the gardener? Jesus. And And who does fig tree represent well, Israel and also us. So that's how much I'm going to tell you. See if you could extract the truth out of this. And you're supposed to if you wanted to find the truth today. So did you get the truth? That's how much I'm going to ask. No more. Okay. Let me give you the truth. So, number three on your outline. The hidden truth behind the parable of the fig tree is repent or perish. The perish is a very strong word. Perish means just disappear. Either you repent from your sin or people. You know, we know that God is a very loving God, patient God, but when it comes to heaven, it's tough. Repent or perish. Another word, Turn from sin, your sin, or die. Because as far as he's concerned, what's the point if you live on this earth 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, but you do not believe in Jesus? What's the point? He's saying, well, then you better just perish. If you're not going to come to heaven, there's no point. Just die. Just like that 18 people who died because something just 
fell on them. Or group of people who were killed by the pilot. Because if you're not going to come to heaven or believe in Jesus, you might as well just disappear. That is the truth behind this parable. It is strong, but the truth. Think about it. What's the point, right? Or number four, the on your outline. The first lesson of the parable or the picture is that God is patient but has his limit. God is eternal, but his patience is not eternal. Remember that. His patience is not eternal. Verse 8 says, Sir, man replied, leave it alone for one more year. He's giving one more year. On top of the three years he's been coming to look at the tree. He came three years, but there was nothing. Now he's giving one more year. That's patient. God does have patience. But verse 9 said, if it doesn't bear any fruit, cut it down. So it gives us the warning that if you've been coming, coming, coming to church, but if you really haven't, haven't accepted Jesus, what's the point? That's what he's saying. The parable of the fig tree was told two months before crucifixion. A few months before crucifixion. And a few months later became the Passion Week. Uh, the Passion Week is the Holy Week or the week that Jesus died on the cross. So he told this story a few months before. And by the time when it became the Passion Week, the week he's going to die, he actually talked about the fig tree twice. One more time. Last time. Before he went up to the heaven, that week he was really busy. But he talked about victory. And uh, here is the Mark 11. Uh, let me just read it for you. This is what he talked about Monday. Monday, four days before he died. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a victory in the leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, no fruit. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciple heard him say that. So you remember this chart? Okay, so this is the Passion Week, the last week before he died. So on Monday, which is four days before he died on the cross, he actually talked about the fig tree. Symbolically, when he, said he cursed the tree, that means he's cursing the Israel. Because on Tuesday, we're going to find out what happened. Tuesday, so he cursed it on Monday. And Tuesday, in the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree wither from the root. That means it died. So Monday, he cursed it. Tuesday, it died. So, three day, so four days before he cursed it, three days before his crucifixion, tree died. He's actually showing the example, symbolically. Few months before he talked about victory, okay, let it take care of a little more and let's see if it actually uh, produce any fruit. Few months later, on the last week, he said, since he didn't fear, it didn't bear any fruit, he cursed it, Israel. And then it died the next day 
And 37 later, after Jesus died, Jerusalem was attacked, chopped down. And I'll show you the picture. So when Jesus entered Jerusalem on that week, he was very sad and he wept. Uh, John the Baptist ministered for three and a half years. Israel did not repent. Jesus did the ministry for three and a half years. Israel as a nation did not repent. He was sad, so he was uh, weeping. And this is the picture of the God, the owner who came one year later. Okay, well, we are back one year later. I don't see any fruit. Chop it down. So the gardener is actually chopping. Do you see a little bit? It's cut already. And that's what happened to Israel. And that's what's going to happen to us if we don't believe in Jesus. And that's the, what parable is about. So, AD 70, Romans destroyed Jerusalem because no fruit. So 37, 37 years after Jesus talked about the parable, this happened. And this is a picture of the Jerusalem burning. And it burned down because 37 years after the fig tree was cursed, it happened. 37 years after the fig tree withered, this happened. So when fig tree withered and died, he was seeing ahead 37 years later. So if this is, when you go to Jerusalem, this is what happens. This is what happened. Exactly the way he said. There won't be any stone that is not turned over. You can go there now, today, and this is what you're going to see. So, number five. The second lesson of the parable of the fig tree is that God wants you to bear spiritual fruit. The first fruit is accepting Jesus. The second fruit is your spiritual fruit. Because a lot of us, a lot of us who bear, uh, accept Jesus, but they don't really bear spiritual fruit. That's a problem too. So, if it bears the fruit next year, but if not, phew, cut it down. Verse 3, 9. Matthew seven twenty says, Therefore, by their fruit you will know them. So even those of you who have accepted Jesus, you can tell sometimes if they are bearing fruit or not. By the way, who can tell if someone is bearing spiritual fruit? Not that person. I cannot tell my spiritual fruit by myself. Someone has to tell me, oh, I think you have this or you have that. So listen to other people, what they say about you. That's how you find out. Not you, Sam. No, you cannot tell whether you have the fruit or not. So message is very clear. One, if you have not accepted Jesus, then repent and accept. Two, if you have accepted Jesus, then make sure you are bearing fruit. Three, message is very clear what happens if you don't. The barren fig tree parable's point is repent or perish. Perish. So, uh, Roman 10, 13 says, if anyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. It means by calling today, his name, you can guarantee going home in heaven. 
why it's so difficult to call him. Romans 10.9 says the same thing. Number one, if you declare with your mouth, right now, if you say, Jesus is Lord, just say it. That's very important. Two, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You'll be saved. That's all you have to do, everyone. I don't know who have not accepted Jesus yet. I don't know who have not produced the first fruit. All you have to do is say it with your mouth. That's what it says. God doesn't lie. Jesus is Lord. And believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And you'll be saved. Romans 10.9. So here is a picture of the fig fruits. With many different kinds of uh, the gift. Special gift. You have to bear the fruit. Faithfulness. Joy. Kindness, goodness, there are nine of them. Ask people, do you think I actually have the kindness or goodness? Because it's not you, but others can tell. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of the better.